0: What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card podcast feed. We are back after a two-week hiatus. Matty D, Matt DeStefano, and I break down the college football playoff bracket. Other news around college football, the playoffs are expanding. We had some coaches move mainly Deion Sanders we talked about the transfer portal we then dive in to the Eagles win over the Titans and NFL week 14 this one was a lot of fun to record cannot wait to hear what you all think as always though make sure that you subscribe to the podcast search the bullpen cart wherever you get your pods Thunder BLG is the handle on Twitter tweet at us your thoughts about the episode what you think about the Eagles and your favorite NFL team if it's not the Eagles but enjoy the episode. Enjoy the Army Navy game and the awesome NFL games this weekend. Here we go. Welcome to this week's edition of the Fun V Tailgate podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. We're back. After a couple weeks, a little housekeeping note. We apologize for the two-week absence. Obviously Thanksgiving, and last week Matt was away. I'll introduce him in a second. I, for the last two weeks, have been swamped with work. Wanted to try to get a couple solo pods out there, but we couldn't. But we're back. We have a ton of news to talk about. Joining me before I introduce all of the football stuff, Mr. Matty D. How are you, Matt? I did have a great week away, down to Disney, Oh, sorry. Not a Disney trip. Let I me mean, rephrase that.
1: Went to Orlando. Oh, went to Disney while we were down there. to You
0: happen, to, be, you happen did, to go to Disney.
1: Did play a couple rounds of golf at Hawks Landing, uh, which is part of the Marriott um, uh, World Center. The largest Marriott in the world. Over 2,000 rooms. But the golf course, 15 of 18 holes on the water. But that's not the reason I'm bringing it up. The reason I'm bringing it up is that my father got a Freddie Couples I think it's called a Freddy Couples par, maybe you
0: know what I'm referring to. I know what an Arnie is. A hole is. In one? What's an Arnie? An Arnie is you miss the fairway and still get a green. Maybe it's you miss the fairway, you miss the green, and you still go to par. Okay, well, a Freddy. Let
1: me, I'm, I'm gonna Google this because I want to make sure uh I get this right.
0: uh Arnie definitely involves missing the fairway. I know that. I don't know if it's green regulation or not.
1: Yeah, my dad used it. Now, the, so a Freddie couple's hole-in-one is really a hole-in-three, where my dad did oh. into the water, teed it back up.
0: From the actual tee, not from the drop zone? From the tee,
1: and put it in the hole for a par. Wow,
0: that's yep. awesome.
1: Didn't even know he did it. He was so mad <laughs> at himself, right? Hit in the water, teed it up, swung at it again, was walking to the golf cart, and we were all standing there with our mouths wide open. Because he put it in the hole for a par. Wow. Yeah. hmm That's like when the yep, pitcher
0: I- lets up the, like the deep fly in a no hitter or or a perfect game. And then a guy makes a web gem and it's like you can see like they show on the replays all bummed. And then he ma- then yeah. there's the catch, the crowd goes nuts. He's like, Oh, oh, oh my god. It's the exact same scenario, but golf. That's incredible. Yeah. It was cool.
1: I tied him on the hole. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Which is maybe the most the old, deflating thing. The old push.
0: I forget right, when this happened, yeah. but uh, there was a, there was a story that went viral. Of two guys that halved a hole they tied a hole with hole ones. That's, that's gotta wild. be wild. The most deflating. If you're the guy who had the hole, I was to That kind of
1: seems it hurts a <laughs> little like, bit, you know. Right.
0: You're like, oh yeah, just hit it, and you know, we'll we'll go to the next hole and in the hole, <laughs> dude. That's brutal. Oh. Uh, but so we have some news. A lot of news. Yes. So much to talk about. Trey Turner's a Philly. That's why we're here, right, Matt? To talk about Trey Turner? Well, well, part of me wants to be here for that. <laughs> but no, it's not what we're, here. It's, uh, not why we're huge, here. it's huge. Philly's free free agency has been incredible in baseball. But you're right. That's not why we're here. We got a lot of news. We'll start in college football because that's a bit, what everybody's been talking about. and You know, there's a ton of news. The Transfer portal stuff. Deion Sanders going to Colorado. But the College football playoff bracket. There's other college football playoff days, but the bracket is set. Georgia versus number four Ohio State. Number two Michigan. We've Matt. It's been so long. We didn't even get to celebrate <laughs> them beating the shit out of Ohio State. Number three TCU. Matt, did the committee get it right?
1: Oh. I think yes. And after thinking about it for a while, they the idea of like, hey, what's the most deserving team? Because I do think if, if on a neutral field, I think Alabama's favored against every team in college football outside of Georgia, maybe Michigan, maybe Ohio State, but I think for the most part they're they're favored. But I think the key is this, is TCU lost in the conference championship game that's their only loss of the season, yep. right? They, they they have to play an extra game, whereas Alabama doesn't. Now people are going to say, well, what about what about USC? I would agree, except USC had a loss coming in, right? right. So I, I actually like that because I, I I think about the conference championship games. You know, sometimes it feels almost unfair. This is why I was kind of against. I, I'm for it, but I part of me was hesitant about. Hey, just the two best teams play. Because a lot of times those two best teams have already played each other, right? And, and, and one of them won. You know, there was, you know, there was a high probability, you know, I don't know. So that's something that I think about. Um, so personally, I do think they got it right. TCU lost to a top 10 team. You know, I think people were thinking they might play a cupcake. Kansas State's a good, a, a good team. Not a great team, team, but a good team. Very so good. I, I think they got it right. I, I, I don't think I would have put TCU ahead of Ohio State. Yeah, that was I, I would have put Ohio State three neither won their conference again. I like that. They didn't because it means they're not getting a rematch until potentially the finals. Right. But I don't love that part.
0: Yeah. So I agree with you. I think they got it right. I think we learned we've learned this a couple different times of if you have two losses better luck next year. That's what we've learned. And this year could have been the difference maker. And I think they got it right. I think not just on the one loss, the trending and all that kind of stuff, where, you know, Ohio State in, I think it's 2017, won the Big Ten, but they had two losses. Alabama got in. That's the, you know, the game that's been talked about a billion times. Two of subs in for Jalen Hurts, yada, yada, yada. Um, You know, this is different. Ohio State did not play. And to your point of the extra game, when it was still the BCS, the Big Ten up until the final couple years of the of the. And the Pac-12, too. Pac-12 is still the Pac-10. They didn't have one. They added it. TCU – or not TCU. The Big 12 lost its 12 teams, so they couldn't. And for years, they would have – and granted, they would play regular season games, a so conference championship weekend. But they, you know, they would have the less games, and then they added it, and that's where they would shoot themselves in the foot. So you could think that. But also, the fact of – we didn't even mention Alabama that Alabama could have backed their way in when they were basically done in November. And it was, it was spoken that way. And I get it. They lost two games in overtime. Ohio state only lost one game. Granted. Both. Well, actually one of Alabama's was a walk-off field goal, but the same thing last play of the game and Ohio state got blown out. And then the TCU losing too late. I think it just, it was the right opportunity to do. Now I agree with you. I think Ohio state's a better team than TCU, but I think, in that same vein of years where we've had multiple teams get in from the same conference whether it's been the SEC or in the covid year where Notre Dame got in as the you know ACC runner up i think they don't want to do the rematches just for the sake of mixing it up and in the spirit of bowl season having different conferences play each other and it was really funny watching the uh what's his name boo corgan right is it corgan Cordigan, something like that the head of the cfp committee him getting asked. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> and Reese Davis really was trying to get him to to admit, like, hey, you just didn't want the rematch. And they're like, Oh, you know, the eye test and the body of work and blah 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 blah. No, you just didn't want the rematch. You wanted to potentially save Michigan Ohio State for a championship game. You wanted the Big Ten eyeballs to be on both games. Not just the big one, where it's the game, Michigan-Ohio State, in a semifinal game. As cool as that would have been. Think about that, Matt. We never, before 2022, had never had UNC and Duke play in the NCAA tournament. And we still haven't had Michigan and Ohio State play in, in a college football postseason. But we could have both. How crazy is that? I mean, that
1: would be great. I would be really excited to whip up on Ohio again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's kind of shocking, except, you know, this is, you know, but again, most of the time the playoff came down to, for the big 10, Michigan played Ohio state. Correct. That was the winner got in. Whereas, and by the way, the tough part here is that if you're the SEC, you're saying, well, wait a second, we're a quote unquote, the best conference in the league. And we only have one team. Um, but I was interested when I hear that, right? And I'm not saying the SEC isn't the best conference, but they obviously have Georgia, Alabama, you mentioned Tennessee. There's three teams ranked in the top ten of the poll, okay? I got you there. LSU is in there. South Carolina is in there. That's five. And Mississippi State. They've got six teams. So they're they're pretty good, right? I'm not going to disagree. They're their best conference. Would you agree that the best conference? Yeah. Okay. But it's not like – it's not like – I mean, Michigan and Ohio State are up there. Uh, Penn State quietly climbed the rankings all year, so You know, it's not like other conferences don't have decent teams. Now that's only half because Illinois dropped out really late, right? Yep. But you know, the Pac-12 is deeper than we expected with Utah, USC, UCLA, Washington, which was perpetually underrated and, and disrespected this year. Oregon Washington State, was
0: the Kingmaker.
1: Yeah, well I'll tell you what, man. I, see Utah we're, we're not, I don't want to get too deep into players. this, but Washington with Michael Penix Jr. coming back next year, they're they're a scary team with two losses. So the Pac-12 is as deep this year in the ranking. You know, again, so I don't think there's horrible teams in all these conferences. I think the balance is not there yet. The SEC is still probably the deepest conference, don't get me wrong. But there's other good teams out here. So I'm not totally opposed to the way the rankings get went. And again, Alabama has two losses. It made it easy. To not have them in, right? So I think they got it right.
0: Yeah, I think so too. So really quick, Oh, we got it. Go ahead, go ahead. Before we keep moving, I think I think you were going to get to the point I was. I think I was going to make of okay the rest of the New Year's six. Are we going to go to the the other news? No, I was
1: going to say let's take a peek at the twelve. What what the what would the twelve team playoff have been?
0: Okay, so. That's the other news. The college football playoff okay. in two seasons from now is expanding to 12 teams. And this kind of, we can, me- we can meld the two together. Cause this is really, really interesting of what the 12th team would be. And you can hear why, why it's interesting. Well, I guess I'm laughing. So the new playoff format, for those that don't know the college football playoff in two seasons, the 2024 season, not the 2024 postseason, because with the new playoff format, it's 12 teams the top 4 tops the top 6 ranked college or conference champions get get in automatically the top 4 conference champions get a bye then they're ranked 5 through 12 and the 5 6 7 8 seeds host a home game now what it would be this year matt and why i'm laughing is that it would be georgia number 1 michigan number 2 The third i don't think they'd be ranked third i think that and that's what's really interesting about this is would they rank clemson third who's currently number seven and then it would be utah would be the fourth team just for everybody
1: listening why did you say that
0: tell them because clemson's not very good No, no 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 but
1: why would clemson be ranked Oh, Did you mention this? Did yeah, I miss this? Did you yeah, say yeah. it? So, oh. the,
0: so once again, because it is confusing, the top four conference champions get a bye. Gotcha. You said that, and I yeah. totally
1: missed that. Okay,
0: my fault. And that's why Clemson would be the quote-unquote three seed. I don't think they would be number three. I think they'd still be number seven. It'd be very interesting to see how the committee would come out with their polls. And then Utah would be the four seed, even though they're number eight.
1: Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, trying to make sure that was that was clarified. Which then... I mean, I, yeah, go I ahead. I was going
0: to say, um, Yahoo had a... They immediately had a... Once all the New Year's six and the final poll was out, they had what the the matchups would be. They had Tulane, which gets in, because let's call a spade a spade. Top six means Power Five champion, or should mean Power Five champions and the Group of Five champion, the AQ, for the mm-hmm. New Year Six currently, so it have Alabama playing Tulane, who's ranked 16th, but is the highest ranked group of five. So not the ACC, Big Ten, SEC, but, Big Twelve, Pac 12 champion. And, and then by the way, so before so
1: before we knock Tulane, just so everybody knows, the Green Wave. By the way, they're very good. They they beat Cincinnati U UCF um, the second time for UCF. They beat Kansas State earlier this year. Yeah. So they're, they're they're a decent football team. I just want to make sure people think about, I think it's important to have that one of those teams included. Yeah. Sorry. Keep going.
0: No, I agree. And I, um, I think I forget what the rest of theirs would be, but it would basically be the current new Year's six in that 12 year in that 12 team format. Obviously I don't think you get Utah Penn state. I think they had Ohio state Penn state in Columbus as the eight, nine. Um, and then, you know, because USC, Utah, and Penn State are playing in the Rose Bowl because of you know Big Twelve, Big uh, Big Ten, Pac twelve, and then you know and so on and so forth. It'd be very interesting though when this does come through. Of I think it changes scheduling, the cupcake schedule stuff, the infamous Wofford game that Georgia always schedules or Alabama has plays fucking you know some random school <laughs> in the SEC that they yeah, yeah, yeah. pay a hundred thousand dollars to. All that crap. I hope that goes away so that you have, like in college basketball, you know, last time I'm watching the Jimmy V classic where it's Duke playing Iowa. They had the big 10 ACC challenge the week before you're playing teams from other good conferences. And I hope that at least, and we'll see, and it'll probably evolve over the first couple of years, but hopefully that's something that teams now consider because it might make them look better for quality wins and quality losses, just like for the NCAA tournament for basketball. Yeah. And well, here's where it gets
1: tricky, right? Too. So I, I think the big positive to your point is like, hey, you can suddenly play a harder non conference schedule, right? Like, that's great. That part I'm a big fan of. Um, it's tough because it looks really, before you think about Tulane, right? It's a clear top 12 teams, right? Zero and two lost teams occupy one through 12, 13. Florida State is nine and three. But that's where the power – that's where, that's where the, uh, the group of five winner is going to potentially bump a, a Washington team that's probably going to say, well, hang on, I've got a really good – you know, I've got a really good case. Um, I, the other hard part is this, right? Like I'll use Washington as an example. Non-conference, they played the 11th ranked – They didn't turn out this way – but the 11th ranked Michigan State Spartans to start the year. So the hard part, I think, it's going to be interesting because you have to schedule these games many, a lot of times, many years in advance. Yeah. How do you factor in a non-conference schedule where a team that you think is going to be good beca- is is not as good yeah, after unless they're you play blood them. blood.
0: There's no guarantee they're going to be that good. Like, isn't that right? Doesn't aren't Alabama and Michigan having a series in like 2030? I think so. It's right. Like yeah. That. But what if yeah. one of those
1: teams isn't good then? Yeah. Mean, what if Saban retires and they suck? And maybe. Maybe to your point, maybe they figure out a quote-unquote Jimmy V classic, right? Um, and that might be something that conferences think through. Um, but,
0: you know, I mean, that's— They have it to a certain important. degree in the FCS. The Patriot League has Correct. a weird deal with the Ivy League where they play them I in mean, every sport. Oh, so many yeah. games and all that. But, you know, who knows? You're right. It might turn into something. And there's so much money in the FBS level of that it might not be a feasible thing, at least right not, not right now. But hopefully they yeah. figure it out. Right. Yeah, I'd like for there to be some kind of, I mean, for another
1: example, right? Like Clemson loses to Notre Dame, but at the time when they lost to Notre Dame, Notre Dame wasn't ranked. Whereas, um, who played Notre Dame early this year Ohio and beat State. them? And it was a, Ohio State. Yeah. Now, So you could argue that that Ohio State win was is, is became less valuable because Notre Dame wasn't as good. And then it became That's more valuable at the
0: end of the season.
1: Right, and that's actually, it's just going to be interesting to see how they judge that because this isn't college basketball where teams are going to lose. You know, the best even most years, the best team loses five to ten games. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's there's aberrations, right? So yeah, just being curious to see and how A twenty ten they judge. team
0: usually from a power five conference gets into the NCAA tournament. I think exactly. you're right that a two that if you have three losses and you're not getting in unless there's yeah real chaos that happens. Yeah. But even this year there was a I lot do- of chaos and.
1: I will say I that I it. do think I hope they push the conferences to go to the second, um, the top two teams in per conference play in the championship will. game.
0: I think you absolutely because
1: will. yeah because enough. It's nothing against a I mean, Kansas State would have been in right, a, but and 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 some of these teams would have gotten in, but maybe maybe I, I say that to your point because you know Purdue who is, had a decent season for their standards, but. They aren't, they aren't a playoff team, right? Yeah. If they upset Michigan, they go to the playoff. No. I don't. I mean, I don't know if I like that. Granted, Cinderella stories, we like those. So maybe, I don't know.
0: But it's the same thing of, of LSU wouldn't have gotten into the SEC championship. They only did kind of in the same thing with Alabama. Because they beat Alabama and then won the next week, they couldn't be dethroned. Mm-hmm. They clinched their spot right. and all that stuff. Like, and the yeah. SEC, I don't know what their plan is when Texas and Oklahoma come in. But like they've they've had stupid divisions since Missouri came in, and they're in the East, quote unquote. Like,
1: right. what's that about?
0: You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's
1: going to be. I mean, yeah. Well, you think about it. Really, it, the East Division. You know, you say that though, but it's really because a powerhouse like Florida has just been down. Yeah. Right.
0: And then I Tennessee mean, came out of nowhere, and then one year it was right. Kentucky. Like they've had they've had dark horses. Yeah, but it should be a Georgia. It should be Georgia, Florida,
1: LSU, Alabama. I know Auburn. I know there's other great teams. But to me, those are like the, the, the big dogs in both are Al- Al- Alabama and LSU and then Georgia and Florida. But Florida just hasn't been as great, right? Yeah. So we'll see. It's One, tough, dude. You look at that West. When you look at that West, that West conference in the SEC, top to bottom, every team in that conference is good.
0: Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they should be, you know, they're, yeah. They want to compete with Alabama because currently, that's the stepping stone to trying to get to the playoff, trying to get the SEC championship, and so on and so forth. So you know, that's at least fine right now. But in a in a scenario where you want to have quality wins and quality losses, it would behoove these conferences to have. I know the Big Ten already is when USC and UCLA move over. But it would be like right now, to your point, that Purdue win doesn't look great in terms of where Michigan goes. I know they're a conference champion, but then that changes their routing to get to the final four because now they have to win a game. You know, they, right, m- they right. might have an yeah. easier path had they played Penn state or Ohio state or, you know, really you know, that's probably the, the, those are the best two, but you know, anybody else, you know, you might have a little bit, a little bit more to say there, but do you want to talk about the new year six games? or do you want to save that? Do you have any thoughts? Do you want to no, say, I think, them?
1: I mean, do we want to do a bowl preview next week? Yeah, week let's do a bowl preview next week. That's a good okay. call. Um, yeah. The one last thing. Who's oh. co- oh, your Heisman Trophy? Oh, do you want, let's do Heisman next week, too. Let's do the awards next week.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. No, Heisman is this week, isn't it? Is it this week? I'm pretty sure it's right after Yeah, Army Navy's this week. I'm pretty sure it's okay. Right Saturday. Who,
1: who do you – And what I think is one of the weakest Heisman fields maybe ever. Yeah. Who do you think gets it this
0: year? So we've been saying for a while that it seemed like it was going to be C.J. Stroud – Mm-hmm. I feel like Caleb Williams had a really strong push at the end. I know they lost that last game, but he played with, like, basically on wooden legs. He was beat up early and then still kept his team in it. I don't know if that really, like, I don't know when votes had to be in by, but that might be a good, you know, a good push for him. But I don't know. CJ Stratton looked really good all year until that Michigan game.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the map. I, I don't want it to be C.J. Stroud because I feel like, again, if you took – every year they've got a quarterback that seems to be up there, right? Yeah. Um, I personally would give it to Caleb Williams who came in with a program that had nothing going on. I, I think he wins it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm glad Bennett's there because I like, think he's just such a gamer, but I don't really know if it mattered. Same thing with Ohio State. Like, I don't know if it matters – like, in terms of best player in the country – I think you could plug a number of quarterbacks into that Georgia system and they'd have success, not win a national championship. Like I am trying, trying to not try to downgrade Stetson Bennett, but from a Heisman perspective, I think Caleb is the most deserving and I hope he
0: gets it. So do you want to hear a fun fact in that I'm We love. So, Lamar Jackson won the Heisman Trophy in 2017. He was born on January 7th, 1997, and Stetson Bennett was born he is currently a heisman finalist and was born on october 18th 1997 get out of here yeah the same year they were born the same year lamar jackson i mean lamar I think jackson we forget
1: lamar hasn't been in the league that long He's been lamar jackson's so been in the so league so quick, this is wow. this is his
0: fifth year in the nfl he was drafted yeah. in 2018 <laughs> and he is nine months older almost 10 months older than Stetson Bennett. wow <laughs> He is wow. He's about to get a second contract. That is crazy. <laughs> uh, the last piece of college football news that I think I don't know if it's just classic media freaking out because they don't have nil stuff to to freak, to be upset about, but the transfer window stuff's coming up, and the biggest the biggest coaching news of last weekend was Dion Sanders going from Jackson State to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Matt, what are your thoughts on Dion? And, you know, he already talked about his son coming with him. He told the team, you know, if you want to hit the transfer window, go ahead. We got a ton of guys. They had apparently, you know, however many recruits, hundreds of recruits saying that they want to come there. What are your thoughts on it and the transfer portal in general and all that stuff?
1: I think... <laughs> So I, I want to start by saying that I, I loved what Dion was doing at Jackson State. I think it was important with the HBCUs, yep. historically black college, right? Like I, I thought that was awesome.
0: Did you ever? Watch I've never game, been uh, a... of Coach Prime, the docu series. No, did? I did not. I I've did not. I've seen bits pieces it of it. It, okay. it is good. It's really good. It's no. uh, a quality piece of work that they did.
1: I, I think the hardest part is that his whole sh- the whole shtick about it was like. I'm, I'm all in on on, up you know, doing like, he he was very, I, I want to be careful with my words here, but almost holier than now about like, like, preaching about how he was going to raise up, and he did a lot for Jackson State and the HBCUs, so I, that can't be un undone. Yeah, but it seems like he did it so that he could get this job. Sure. Right, and I heard a really good piece, Bom- Bomani Jones um, was on, I think CNN actually of all places. And he said, um, he said it, it, to now it feels like Dion didn't want to go through being a assistant coach. He wanted to be a head coach and this was the best way to do it. So I, I, I don't behoove him for taking the job. Like I get it. He's getting paid a lot more. It's a weird fit. Cause I don't really know if I feel like he's a, a Boulder, Colorado guy. <laughs> um, so that part I'm like kinda like I feel like he's a Southern California kind of guy. I feel like he's a you know, I, I his his the his bravado and passion I could see going over well. Could you imagine you know, Dion
0: with like the Oregon Wild jerseys every week? So I could see him I, I could see him
1: at Oregon more than Boulder, right? But again, his his fit, like when I think of I'm trying to think of a great example here of like a coach that just fits where he is.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, if coach you know, Prime comes back, I, I need to see him talking to the Buffalo, getting yeah. him pumped up. To run here's,
1: out. here's what I don't love. This is not a, this is not a coach prime thing. Although I, you know, I don't like how it, his way he words, the letting everyone go to the transfer portal comes off a little bit. We, we you know, you got to see the whole clip. Right. But like, he makes it sound like you, you guys should go. Cause I'm not keeping you around. Now my concern with that is this is the concern I have with the transfer portal is that these guys it's not these student athletes fault that the, that their coach got fired. I mean yeah. I guess this they didn't play well enough, right but like you know I want you know are they gonna get a role somewhere else? And my answer is probably yes, but at some level, but that's tough, right? I think he might be trying to motivate them like, hey, if you're here, commit to me and you win your spot i, yeah. I appreciate that, but I don't think he should just be and it's it's hard to say. It's a, it's a weird look to say my son's a starting quarterback already, right? Yeah. You know, what if what if Caleb Williams said I'm transferring to Colorado? Well, how, do, how does Caleb not start over his son? His yeah. son has actually been pretty good for Jackson State. It's been very but good. That's, but that's Jackson State. Now we're suddenly playing in the Pac-12. So, you know, I, I, I think the whole transfer portal concern I have is, and I'll give you another example of somebody who's doing it again, um, who the uh, quarterback for West Virginia – whose name will come to me in 1 second. He's transferred a bunch of times now. Yes, yes. He a- came a- from USC and he's transferring again. So he's just hopping from program to program. Uh, it's a really slippery slope. I I like that they're giving players a chance to start somewhere, you know, but at the same time JT Daniels. JT Daniels, thank you. Oh, he was at well, he was at Georgia. He was at Georgia. I think he came from he was at USC, went to Georgia, went to West Virginia. I, I, my memory yeah, serves me he correct. He lost and the job in Stetson Bennett. Else.
0: Yeah, right. He is transferred. Right,
1: obviously, yeah. So again, and it's not that it's necessarily. I mean, it's his future. So, but I, you know, it's also tough. You don't want players jumping ship after a bad season. It's going to be. This is going to be a really challenging thing but I also struggle with the fact that the head coaches just leave whenever they want to. So like it, it kind of balances that one out a little bit where head coaches basically renege on promises to their recruits about how they're committed to the university and they get poached, you know? Uh, so this is, this is a very challenging dilemma between nil because now the other thing people can do is enter the transfer, see how much money you can get. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can go to a big program, and make a lot of money uh, that. That's concerning. So interested to see how it kind of pans out for for um college football, but this is this is an this is an interesting early stress test for I don't know there's gonna be more coming down the road about nil, but this is an interesting stress test because money's like pouring it, into Boulder now. So I don't know. Very torn on it, the whole thing very torn on it.
0: Um I haven't texted my cousin yet who went to Boulder, but uh I wanna know how much has he given to the to the university. You know, obviously you and I have big big giving to the school guys we were on the senior class gift gift committee not not a big deal but um how much he's given to boulder and if he's now earmarked it for the football program (laughs) yeah and again that's where
1: this is just gonna be it's gonna be intriguing
0: yeah it's uh it's definitely a slippery slope you've seen it a little bit even before nil was legal with um you know in college basketball it was a big concern and it's you know, a school we're familiar with, with Colgate, who's become a powerhouse in the Patriot League for, for basketball. Um, they beat Georgetown, which is not really that big of an accomplishment right now, aside from beating the name. But um, <laughs> they always, it's seemingly you see a transfer portal type of thing. And it's a Colgate player. Whenever you see Patriot League type of articles You know from different people I've followed, from going to Lehigh, from that I still follow from there. And it's you know, usually Colgate players and, and all that sort of stuff. But... To your point, you know, coaches can leave whenever they want if they can get the bigger job. When Lehigh beat Duke, I don't know if we've ever talked about Lehigh beating Duke, but I don't think anybody's ever talked about Lehigh beating Duke. But when that happened, it was talked about the, that that um, uh, Brett Reed might leave. He might leave to go somewhere. So it's it's one of those things of like, you know, in theory, there's a good there's a good idea in there, but you're right too that the idea of that there's no more penalty for transferring if there isn't something like you know, a scandal or whatever that lets you just go play right away. And that's the one thing with NIL that's like boosters were paying guys under the table. Anyway, we just never found out about it unless they were being stupid, like the tattoo thing with Ohio state or some of the Jameis Winston stuff. Although there was other, a lot of other stuff that happened with him at Florida state, but at least I think he had a, he had a booster thing, right? Outside of Jameis. Yeah. Outside of the sexual misconduct stuff. Yeah. He had a booster thing. Um, yeah, he was. Those, just, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. He was honest, bad he was in college. A, he was an
1: yeah. he was an idiot overall.
0: Yeah, and honestly, it,
1: sadly, it trended a little bit into into the NFL. the NFL. Not not necessarily doing anything illegal, but just his whole. Again, you're the quarterback, man. It's yeah, a exactly. tough life. Don't get me wrong. Remember when he played baseball?
0: Yeah. They like show again. Remember when they put Florida State baseball highlights on Sports Center? After yeah, because he, he was Heisman? playing, right? Yeah, he yeah. was a closer, and he threw right. like 96. It's mm-hmm. wild. I'd like that literally just yeah. popped in my brain, but I think that's a good. And I think that's a good segue to go to the NFL. Yeah. Let's do it. So it's been a couple weeks, Matt, but we are finally talking NFL again. Week fourteen, because we didn't do our usual Eagles kickoff. Let's talk about the Eagles. Week thirteen, dismantling quite literally, because they fired their GM of the Tennessee Titans. Were you there? Were you at this game? I was at the game.
1: I I I dragged myself from, from a vacation to the game. Couldn't couldn't help it. Had to go. What a rough life. Yeah, it was really tough for me. I'm not sure I'm going to make it.
0: <laughs> but could you like would could you just feel something different in the air when the ball would go near AJ Brown? I just knew he was going to catch it. He also,
1: here's the thing people like it was obviously a revenge game for him, yeah. but also the last three weeks, he's he's been a reason why we've either lost or struggled. Yeah, because the man couldn't hold on to a football. I guess not against the Commanders. That's not fair to him. But he's been fumbling. Like he's kind of been down. They have a receiver finally that is just going to go take a ball away from a corner, and we haven't. That was what we drafted. A white side to do, and he couldn't do it. Like we've been trying since. I'm trying to think of the last receiver that we had. Now, but like basically T.O. Yeah, I
0: was right? going to say T.O.
1: By the way, loved Jeremy Macklin and Deshaun Jackson.
0: That. Neither Deshaun wonderful Jackson was receiver over, was over the top.
1: Jeremy right. Macklin and was Macklin, that he was a route runner. More, more of a Devonta Smith, not not the same person, but more of a Devonta Smith type of receiver, right? Yeah. Yeah, we just haven't had a a guy. You know, I guess Alshon Jeffrey, I don't want to disrespect him, okay? He was kind of at the end of his career, but he was a jump ball receiver. But he didn't give you everything else that Brown does. The speed, the route running, the speed really is the one thing that I think A.J. does better than Alshon, especially at the end for Alshon, who, again, so I guess I don't want to disrespect him because the Super Bowl year, he he was pretty good. So, But Brown is a number one receiver playing on offense with a bunch of other stars, which make him even better.
0: Yes, it was so much fun to watch on TV. I mean, even the the touchdown that wasn't you in in live time, it looked like it was a, a touchdown, and then they showed the replay. I don't know yeah. if they showed it showed to you guys, but his foot they clearly, it, it was, yeah, his foot was clearly, yeah, it was. But then, but, but goes at the right same time, home. it was a great throw and a great effort. Like, I mean, Jalen Hurts obviously comes back from the Packer game where you know he sets all these different ground records. Throws for over 380 yards. He looks great. He's getting it to all these different receivers. And Quez Watkins goes out. Zach Paschal comes in like he'd been playing the whole game. Devontae Smith had a great game to it. I think you mentioned that. Yeah,
1: he he, to me showed why. I don't know if he's a pure number one, right? I just don't think he is. But he is a a very high-end second receiver with the ability to separate. You can't. You can't just you can't just focus your attention on it. You can't just double AJ and leave and leave a corner by themselves on Devonta, especially those intermediate routes. He can separate beautifully. Maybe he's not a huge guy, we know that, but I I'm impressed with him. The little things that he does really impress me. Yes. Um, so yeah, and he's just he's a, he's a, he's a wide he's a wide receiver. He's not an athlete. I'm not saying he's not an athlete, right? But he's not just a guy that's going to beat you with his with his size, speed, strength, whatever. He's just a, – a, 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 I, just, I just love watching him play. I, so I missed A.J. Brown's truck stick because I was watching Devonta at the game on the other side of the field because I
0: just like to watch oh, him run the, on the second touchdown? Like, or the, yeah, yeah. I, it was, was actually like, the second touchdown right. and the replay. Yeah, I mean, they didn't even – you couldn't really see it on TV because of the fact that it happened <laughs> – you know as they're showing Jalen Hurts in the pocket and throwing it and you see AJ Brown wide open and you're like what the hell yeah. happened
1: here but i saw the flag i was like must be offensive pass interference cuz the corner's laying on the ground
0: yeah and then That's they show it <laughs> and it was so obvious too because he just completely deked him out of his shoes and yep. he literally just right in the way you can see it you can see it there i also the same guy that did all the Scott Fransky calls for the all the different and does them throughout the season for the Phillies and did them throughout the postseason run. He does them for, for Merrill. It's that was so much fun in the fourth quarter, just to load up the Merrill calls for those, for the sacks. Mm -hmm. It's just, Oh my God. It was such a great game. And we're, we haven't even gotten to the defense. The part that could have made this game so much more of a concern, Derek Henry, and to a certain degree, Dante Hilliard, the Eagles completely shut down both. Matt, do you think it was because Jordan Davis was back and they just added that extra layer of depth and, and how good he's been at being a run stopper? Or do you think they finally, as a unit, said, We're fucking stuffing the box. We're not letting this guy beat us or make this thing close.
1: Yeah, I mean it was I just thought the entire Jordan Davis had some really nice plays where he filled the hole and he's a big body, so he's gonna knock. But I also it was just the tackling was supreme. All it a, game. It was a
0: big difference between Saturday, watching Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It got better yep, as the yep. weekend went on. And I thought
1: specifically – we won the line of scrimmage, which is a testament to Dominic and Sue played a bunch, both as kind of, a, kind of a fake 3-4 D end and as a defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Linval Joseph was rotated with Davis really beautifully. I think Fletch stepped up big time. Yes. I noticed him in a couple plays. And then, and then you have this is where you know, and so this really, that really helped. Brandon Graham is also a super underrated run defender at the end position Son Reddick that helps to seal game. the line. Reddick played really well, but that to me, when I knew we were going to have a good game, was watching our corners and safeties tackle, tackle Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. By winning at the line of scrimmage, you make Henry go left and right instead of downhill. And I saw some great hip tackles, like where the the defender just drives at the hip of Henry. And Henry, as great as he is, that's – I mean, as any running back would, right? If you're getting tackled at the hip, there's really not a lot you can do. Um, Josiah Scott had a great tackle. Uh, I noticed uh, Bradbury had a really good one. Epps came up for a really good tackle. So I noticed a lot of great tackling on the secondary level whenever he had a little bit of space on the outside but we dominated the middle of the field. The Kobe Dean had an awesome tackle. Incredible day. Went, yeah. And he had, filling in for Kazeer White who came out of the game there. Um, Dean, I mean, literally tackled Henry with one arm, which is really impressive. So th- to me, this was a game that I, mean, I just, I noticed Colin Cowherd uh, who does f- FS1. He now put the Eagles at the top of his power rankings. And his reasoning was exactly what I would have thought. We took, things that were perceived weaknesses that teams thought they could get us on. And we shined against a very well coached division leader, AKA we stopped the run and we threw the ball where we couldn't run because they, their run defense was tremendous against Sanders and hurts. Mm-hmm. It hurts through for 380 yards. So that shows me that we, we are in terms of, we don't have a major, in my opinion, outside of maybe special teams, <laughs> we don't have a major weakness. Um, for the for the Eagles. And that's really impressive to do.
0: Yeah, it's, it was really fun to see. And it was finally, a, you know, the quality win over a good opponent, which you kind of mentioned this a little bit with the college football talk. But notice that people up until this Sunday wanted to be like, oh, they've only beat these teams. You lost the commanders, blah, 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 blah. The Eagles now have a better strength of schedule. They have the third best of division leaders. The Vikings have the top one. Over 500. The Cowboys is over 527. The Giants is three points higher. Now, here's a couple things about strength of schedule as well as strength of victory. And he had two examples of it this weekend. The Giants played the Commanders. Eagles have played the Commanders twice. They play the Giants for the first time this weekend. We'll talk about it in a second. The Bears played the Packers. Eagles beat the Packers last week. They play the Bears in two weeks. The strength of the Eagles' current strength of schedule kind of going back to your Notre Dame, is it a good win, bad win type of thing, and where did it end up at the end of the year? It doesn't matter because they play those teams. They have not played their complete schedule yet, and you can talk about the strength of schedule remaining, the fact they have to play the Bears after the Packers is great. do You still have to play the Giants twice. It's division, whatever. The only thing that it would have done for the Bears to have beaten the Packers is that it makes the Eagles' strength of victory currently at this moment on December 7th a day that will live in infamy should mention that, you know, Pearl Harbor and all that. But um, it only made it better that the that the Packers won that it it helped it. But then in a couple of weeks, it's going to hurt it again because Eagles play the Bears. And I don't want to assume it, it's the NFL. You can't assume wins and all that. But mm-hmm. you know, it would have just it would have hurt it then, and then maybe makes it better later. All that crap, and you know, all it's the same thing with strength of schedule. It's just bullshit. And notice a team that everybody has in their top five for Super Bowl contenders, San Francisco 49ers, their strength of schedule is barely over 400. And we're calling them a Super Bowl contender strength of schedule, which I agree. I think the 49ers outside of the Cowboys are probably the biggest concern for the Eagles because they beat the shit out of the Vikings. And we get, we'll we talk about the Vikings when we get to their – are they on a bye? No. But they are a very good team. Strength of schedule is such a bullshit argument. So sorry. Well, it's also the NFL. No, no, I agree. But it's the
1: NFL. All yeah. these teams legitimately are good. All of these teams, for the most
0: part, it's a transfer point argument. They want to. They want to buy their next job. They want to play great. Even guys in the right. Bears, they're out of the playoffs. They're going to play the Eagles really hard in a couple weeks. Of course, right? The the only I mean the only team that I mean I guess right
1: now, right? You know, you play the Rams. They they've because of injuries are decimated. Uh, okay, but you know, again, I most of these teams are good enough to beat you. The argument was that while well, the Eagles barely beat the Colts and the Cowboys blew them out, well, the Cowboys lost to the Packers and the Eagles. To be honest, they dominated the Packers. I know the Packers made it close late, but they dominated the Packers. Yeah. So, and by the way, the Eagles blew out the Vikings through the Cowboys. It, it's to me, it's a first of all, when do you play them matters because who who do they have that's healthy? Who's not? Correct. That's a huge deal, right? Correct. Um, and, and not only that. Again, this is the NFL. All 32 teams are really good. This is the best of – the best players from college are on the NFL – in the NFL, right? And, yeah, I, I just – I don't totally buy into the strength of schedule thing. Um, you know, it, it, yeah. I, again, that's not my – and by the way, the NFC East is arguably tied with the AFC East for the best conference in football.
0: Correct. So – That's the other thing. They're 11-1. and one. They've played three division games. They lost one of them. To to Mm. a team that a team we should we should have beaten we should have beaten but I'm gonna say but they're also a half a game out of a playoff spot and depending on where you're sure they're not as bad as we thought they were right yep they're a pretty good team yeah and no I know I agree yeah I know we've been Carson defenders but who knows what happens if Taylor Heineke's the they they decide to trust him the entire (laughs) season who knows
1: yeah right 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 so again yeah I mean it doesn't matter it's gonna come out of the playoffs anyway and I. Yep, I think we've done a great job, and um, I don't. I don't think we're a house of cards team. Like, you know, we're dominating opponents. We've won some close games. We haven't played our best, which I think is important. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not in the strength schedule thing either. So yeah. I, I, yeah, totally. It is, what it is?
0: Let's jump into week 14 though, so we can get this in. Matt, it's my favorite time of the year. The playoff machine is back on ESPN. I rarely go on <laughs> ESPN.com now, aside from the ESPN Fantasy app. But I went on it during, granted, I, I was counting my chickens a little bit during the Monday Night Football game, before the, before the Bucs came back. But um, there's a possibility, and we can even go through it now with the Bucs at 6-6, six and six, but them not being 5-7 and seven hurts this possibility that we get an under-500 division winner. It's really exciting. And I went through some scenarios. The Bucs probably win, like, eight or nine games, but it's possible they're 8-9. and nine. That would be fun.
1: Dude, I don't know. Forty ers Bengals. They're gonna the la- at the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals. But you're you right. About Cardinals aren't enough. good at home. That's true. They're really bad at home. So, so they, they could. The next two games are the toughest for the Bucks, and they kind of have what I would consider a tune-up for the playoffs with a two-game lead in the division. Two, it's gonna be tough. Yeah,
0: it's tough. And the, it, if the Saints had won, it makes the NFC South a lot more fun because you, right? Um, PFT commentator from Pardon My Take came up with. <laughs> a scenario where the Carolina Panthers were six and 11 and won the division. But I think it was also assuming the Saints held on to win that game. But it's this week, a lot of division games, some non-division games that uh, might not be that exciting. Do we want to talk about Thursday night at all? You mentioned the Rams being banged up. Is this going to be anything exciting with the Baker Mayfield waiver claim? We don't know if Baker's going to play. I'll tell you
1: play? I'm going to tell you, there's not a team. I don't know if anyone wants to play the Raiders right now. Five and seven. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Josh Jacobs, fantastic.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Devontae Adams playing really well. They they do have a really nice pass rush between Chandler Jones and Matt Crosby. Yeah, They've got a real shot at getting to seven and seven. Maybe even eight and seven. Now, from there, they finish the year with the 49ers and the Chiefs, but – This is an improving Raiders team after a really dismal start to the season. Um, They're they're playing much better football. They're they're kind of what I thought they would be by now. Um, No, I think they they just – here's the problem. Baker, who's not going to have any time with the playbook, right, has a a porous offensive line and basically no weapons on offense because Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson are out. So I don't know how they're scoring points and Aaron Donald's injured. So again, this this entire team it, it, this this is a falling apart Rams team. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And by the way, they made the Baker claim because they don't own their first round pick. So they don't care about the tanking, but they literally might have the number 2 overall pick in the draft and not even own it. The
0: Detroit Lions will. It's great. Yep. Let's um let's go to of the Sunday slate. The Vikings are favored against or are Underdogs in Detroit. Yes, correct. Against the red hot Lions, Matt. I hope the, the Lions go Lions. <laughs> yeah, I hope they win because of the Eagles. Right. But I also really like this Lions team. Their offense is so much fun. Ahmad Amon Ross Saint Brown has been awesome and had an incredible game last week. But like, yeah. they have a really fun running back stable. Jared Goff has kind of, kind of figured it out with his team and their defense at times can figure it out. Is this a realistic possibility or is Vegas obviously knows something is somebody hurt on the Vikings that we're not, that we're not really talking about.
1: I I think Vegas is thinking the Vikings continue to win one possession games. Mm. That is not sustainable in the NFL. Mm. It doesn't happen like like the pendulum eventually will swing the other way. So just so everyone's clear in week three, they beat the Lions by one possession. They beat the Saints in week four by one possession. The Bears in week five, the Dolphins in week six, the Cardinals in week seven, the commanders in week eight, the Bills in week nine, the Patriots in week 10 and the Jets in week 11. So nine of their 10 wins this year. I've been by one possession.
0: Week three, I think you had a. You were two weeks behind. So the Jets game was last week.
1: What, what, what did I say? Week what?
0: You said week eleven. It's week... Oh, I missed their bye. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah, Here's yeah. the deal: all but one of their wins has been by one possession. Their their two losses were blowouts. They beat the Packers week one by 23-7. But other than that, this is a team that does not have a great defense. And uh, that is very dependent. They, they lost on by, a,
0: their, by more than one possession in week two. It's worth noting that.
1: I said that the, the Eagles blew him out.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. My bad.
1: Unlike unlike the Cowboys, we didn't run the score up. That's the difference. <laughs> that game was over by halftime. But no one wants to talk about that. Right. So anyway. Um so that's why I think Vegas is saying what they're saying. Here's the thing though. If you're the Lion, if you're the if you're the uh, Vikings, you win this game against the Lions,
0: you, win you the finish with
1: Colts. Giants, Packers, Bears, you might run the table. Like we the Eagles need to win pretty much all but one of their remaining games to have the number one overall seed or the Vikings could take it. That's which is crazy to me.
0: Yeah, the Vikings win their division by winning this game. That's not even right. it's literally nice? a clinching scenario. They win the division in week fourteen and are not nice. they're technically two games back of the number one seed. That is it. insane. I guess it's like maybe but a I, it's, no maybe I mean, yeah. it's maybe a Brady Payton. It's maybe a Brady Payton era type of thing of yeah, like Payton beat Brady early in the season, and so they don't own the tiebreaker for the home field advantage because <laughs> there were still two buys then, but win the AFCs because yeah. they stunk so bad back then. Um, Kansas City can also clinch their division by them winning and the Chargers losing on Sunday Night Football. Should have mentioned this from the top. And then the Eagles clinch a playoff berth by winning, or losses from both the Seattle Seahawks, I almost called them the Mariners, and the San Francisco 49ers. both have to lose though. Imagine being eleven and one and not clinching the playoffs. That's insane
1: already. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's it's basically a it's given. Of the
0: Cowboys, but,
1: but right? No, I know. I, I just think it's I think it's insane that we haven't clinched a playoff spot yet at eleven and one. Well, 17 but, hey, games.
0: That's football. That's that. That's no, why. I know. You it would have been a, a 16. I know. I know. You would have been a 16 game at this point. But um, yeah.
1: it's it's a big game because the Lion. I mean, th- this is to me. This is the this is the best shot we have of getting that two game cushion, three game cushion. I get no, no, three game cushion. Yeah, that that I be so three desperately games because yeah. yeah, which would be really nice. Really like that. Yeah, be we'll awesome. See what happens.
0: Elsewhere in the one o'clock slate, we have. Texans Cowboys, as much as I'd like to think the Texans could pull a fast one here. Oh
1: my God, no. This, this is going to be.
0: This, is a, this will be shown on red zone a lot because similar to that Colts game on Sunday Night Football, we might find a lot of. Davis Mills is, is starting in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, we might find a lot of um, 40 to 30 yard touchdowns, and it's the only play on the drive, just like the Colts game. <laughs> um, elsewhere, though, we have some divisional games. We have. Buffalo Bills hosting the New York Jets. Big uh, game, man. That's, that's a big, big game. game. Nine and a half point spread. Jets obviously beat them a couple weeks ago in New York. Um, Josh Allen looking more healthy than at the end of that game when he said he played shitty. I, and the Jets in a much different spot. Zach Wilson obviously benched. Mike White, the Mike White. Looks better than Zach Wilson, like yes. Yeah, he does look better than Zach Wilson. Um, also, their running back situation has been... All sorts of weird with guys hurt, guys kind of banged up. The Michael Michael Carter seems fully healthy, at least according to the Yahoo Fantasy app. Not that anybody cares. But um, is it Zadavius White? Is there the guy that's emerged as potentially a big one? Like the, the running game comes, comes in there. Divisional game, I know we haven't done picks in a while, but you know, so you want to go Jets plus nine and a half. But the Bills defense getting a little healthier. So it becomes interesting that way. Over/under set at forty-three. So it's kind of a weird, almost rat type of line.
1: Yeah. Look, the Jets are scrappy. So, it's, and it's a divisional game. Like I think nine and a half is a big line for a divisional game. A I line, know it's in huge Buffalo. General. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm a, I don't know what we're missing here. You know, the Jets have a much better passing offense. They suddenly have some good weapons offense, well, and their
0: their Garrett passing defense is awesome. I know they. Correct. I know, that, like, right. Sauce Gardner so, was going to try to lock up the Diggs. bills have right. now yeah. have now unleashed Isaiah McKenzie and Gabe Davis is just waiting to have another huge game. But I don't know. You're right. So, Sauce Gardner's really fucking good.
1: Yeah. So just a little surprised with the line being nine and a half. I still would pick the Bills, but I would consider the Jets to cover. I mean they they've scrapped
0: I, hard I all too. year. That, so. that might be a yeah. lock. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Bengals Browns I think on the schedule when it came out in May we might have circled this especially with, Sean Watson coming back I don't think the Browns defense plays nearly as well as they did last week and their offense looked lost with him he's been in the how long has he been in the, in the building in Cleveland for like a month now before he was allowed to start playing again and yeah he's but not, he hasn't
1: played a game but he hasn't played a game speed
0: I, I, I guess so but like their running backs weren't doing anything either and they've been playing all year no, that's true that's true.
1: Um, but I don't know personally. I, I think the Browns' offense plays better. I, 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 the, this is a divisional game. Let me make that clear correct, again. Correct. The Bengals games. have been flying very high lately, so I still would pick the Bengals. But I could see this being close. You got It's still a good Browns' defense. Miles Garrett, Davy, and Clowney. They've got some corners. They've got some players defensively. Not say they're going to stop Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I think Watson plays a little better than he did last week as he, as the game comes back to him. Yeah. Um, Cause remember he basically hasn't played a NFL speed game in two years. So that's
0: fair, that's fair enough.
1: I think he plays better. I, I still think the Bengals win. I think the Bengals are, are now the, the AFC dark horse behind the chiefs. They just beat the chiefs, but the chiefs and the, and the bills, I mean, they're now, they're now neck and neck with those two for the best in the conference. Um, but We'll see what happens. I, I just think it's, it's a divisional game. Again, I, I always keep those close.
0: Yeah. Um. Kind of, I mean, we can quickly brush over this. Kind of the same with Titans, Jags. You know, the divisional game, so you don't know with the Jags coming off a win and, you know, the Titans getting embarrassed, but it doesn't seem like a home game the Titans are going to fall here. You know, a lot different of a defense in, in Jacksonville, I feel like, yet. Yeah. You see a get right game out of the Titans. I don't know if you disagree. That's what I or, see yeah, too. Yeah.
1: Uh, I agree. It's, it's Jaguars are probably a little better than the record. I think they just have some deep okay talent, but the Titans are still comfortably in the division lead. Um, this is this to me is to your point to get right game for the Titans. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that take.
0: And uh, we didn't talk about the Eagles Giants game, but quickly, Ravens Steelers. Lamar's probably not going to play. Steelers are favored. It's a, it's,
1: a, it's a tough break for the Ravens here it really because is. yeah, yeah.
0: I they mean were, Steelers Browns next two
1: weeks they need to, yeah they need to keep pace I mean they're, they're probably still pretty comfortable in the wild card but they're probably going to lose the division lead to the Bengals now so
0: Yeah they um oh yeah the Bengals don't have the they Ah jeez they lost the tiebreaker um sorry there excuse me but um You're fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah the Eagles Giants we didn't talk about it, we were talking about the Eagles this is an intriguing game Giants obviously coming off a tie And, um, yeah, I think if they play a very similar game, rush defense wise, this could be really exciting for the birds. I don't like seven points divisional game. It, I said at the beginning of the year, it feels like they're going to probably lose, lose a game to the giants. I don't think they lose here, but I don't think they cover the spread.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, I think it's a dangerous game because again, it's divisional opponent. We obviously have seen the giants kind of come back down to earth over the last couple weeks and Two two losses and a tie.
0: Um, yeah, I was about to say they were seven and two at one point. And now, seven, yeah, but this is still
1: a really well coached Giants team. I think we're a better team. Yeah, David's got to
0: win Coach of the Year, right? A Giants team we thought was going to do nothing, and they're. I mean, I don't know.
1: Nick Sirianni die.
0: You think you think Sirianni's got a legit shot? No, sadly, I don't think he's. I don't yeah. think he's necessarily taking a playoff team into a top seed versus. No, a team. I know, but Dable, a team that Dable. I don't know what their over under was, but it, they definitely are way over it at this point. I
1: wish I could find the receipts because I have the receipts about Brian Dable being. Um. Um. um, But want I wanted him for the Eagles before we took Sirianni. I, I really liked him, yeah. but yeah, no coach of the year potential. I still think we win the game. Yeah, to your point.
0: Yeah, and the afternoon slot. I mean Good games man. Is that serious or no? Well, I like the Bucks 49ers. The Bucks 49ers is the only good one. I think it's I guess you're right. Uh, oh, Denver you know what Stinks. I'm
1: sorry. You're right. I was my eyes went to the Dolphins Chargers. Yeah,
0: so. I've done that before too. That's I, 8 I see the sun, Yeah, sorry. I see the Sunday night, yeah. and I think it's Sunday afternoon. No, um, love
1: the Bucks 49ers though. Really do. Yeah, I think that, that's the only good game. test for both teams, yeah. yeah I don't know. Okay. I never
0: know what the other games we get outside of the Eagles are when they play on Sunday afternoons. So I hope that we, last week we got, we got Bengals Chiefs so we didn't get a Fox afternoon game. I hope to God we get this. Also, we're running out of time, but we get a little Jordy complaining about commercials. You've heard this a thousand times, me complaining about commercials. But for the listeners that don't know, there's some commercials that really piss me the fuck off. And I'm not going to go through the whole list right now because I've been watching a lot of the World Cup. So there's, there's a long list. But because I've been watching a lot of the World Cup, which has been on Fox... You know what commercials really fucking stupid? These Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, Aaron Aaron Andrews sitting on a couch like they're at a, like they're in a fucking lounge or waiting to get their their table to be ready, be like, "Oh yeah, Bucks 49ers. This is the game we look for." What is th- what are these commercials? They did for the Eagles Titans. Again, they show it every goddamn halftime of the World Cup games of what the fucking game of the week is. They're so dumb. And I don't know when they film them because I'm sitting there on Monday morning watching whatever quarterfinal game is – or uh, round of 16 games going on. And they were just in Philadelphia. Did they bring the lounge to the to the link? Where are they filming this? Did they just say, hey, you got off a plane or they go to New York or whatever? I don't know what it is. It's really dumb, but it is a very exciting game because the 49ers defense has been awesome. The Bucks, we keep thinking. This is the one thing about it. We keep thinking the Bucks are finding their stride. But even the last game, they looked shaky on Monday Night Football. And the 49ers, they did give up a second-half point. But them at home is very, very scary, Matt. Uh,
1: I don't – I want to go back to – I don't know the commercial
0: that you're referring to. Yeah, you got to – oh, man. You'll see it. You'll Okay. If you watch the – I'm surprised you didn't see it watching the U.S. Are you not a good patriot? Did you not watch the U.S. Maybe maybe, maybe
1: uh, you know what I during during the rare commercial break in a soccer game I just
0: drank. So yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's they were down soccer. to nothing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, if you watch, sorry, yeah. Yeah, it's mainly during the World Cup they show this. There's a lot of the other commercials that are on the list because there are on other channels. They're on ESPN. They're on uh, Fox Sports or not Fox Sports, NBC Sports. When I'm watching the Flyers and the Sixers. It's such a dumb commercial, but yeah, the 49ers at home to get back to the point, very scary team.
1: I agree. Remember this, what I said, and I know we're running closer, but what I said, it was lit litmus test is because Buccaneers have been winning, not playing better, winning games of late. The 49ers are arguably as good of a roster as you'll find in football, but they're down to their third string quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant. So to me, this is a very fascinating to be very low scoring in my mind. Um, but man, I got to tell you, man, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers outside of maybe the Cowboys is the team that I don't want to meet in the playoffs because That's I, I, I had, don't like, care where, where he's playing.
0: Because then they'd play uh, the Cowboys and it would be so funny. The Cowboys. I, I know. Under I just, team.
1: I just, I just think that this is a, it's Tom Brady and, and this team has, you know, this team has talent. Um, so it'll be really fascinating to see. This a great litmus test game, but love that Sunday night game. Dolphins Chargers could be very explosive. Love the over under fifty one. I like that um, big time. The Dol- Chargers playing for their playoff lives. Dolphins need to rebound. It's a great game. Should be fun. Great colors on the field. Um, the I'll be tuning in for that, in that one.
0: California this week. They did. I love that. Did Oops, they I actually? Like the weather's oh, worse yeah, back home. Great. I thought. I think they did. Yes. That's cool.
1: That's always yeah. fun you mm-hmm. we'll hear
0: those stories. Yeah. No, I agree with you, though. I think the char- the Chargers, we've been waiting for them to, like, have their moment, right, to, like, finally show this unlucky team and all this, and they haven't done it, and this is an opportunity to do it. A Dolphins defense that's been porous at times, to use a, a Matty D word, uh, it should be exciting, and now they're, the Chargers are at least getting healthier in the receiver area, so we'll see what we get there. I think it's a points bonanza. I hope it's a late fourth quarter game and we – Either see two or Justin Herbert do something. It should be, should be a lot of fun. It, it's not a game I'm turning off in the fourth quarter because it's just getting ridiculous like that Cowboys game was. So we'll see. We will see. And then Monday Night Football, it's the, it's the Cardinals at home. So good job, Patriots.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I think that'll do it, Matt. Do you have any final thoughts as we're uh, running out of time here?
1: um it's we're in a great spot with football right now it's um, fun but army navy equally this important yes equally important take a look eagle's holiday album
0: oh my starts god
1: starts streaming available on the 23rd well they dropped a single hoping to fu- yeah but hoping to find a a um uh a vinyl copy hard to find right now yeah, they're sold the out they're
0: sold yeah they're yeah. sold their way sold out um but yeah it's the baby please come home it's called christmas Mm -hmm. but that's like the in parentheses title uh it's great jordan Mailata. what a fantastic singer yep
1: so we'll leave you with that
0: we will leave you with that matt thank you as always this has been a blast thank you for listening thank you for understanding for the uh last two weeks absence we'll be back next week little bowl preview and we will go from there but everybody have a great weekend we will talk to you soon Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, all that good stuff. And fly, Eagles, fly!